And what the old Adam refuses, just steadfastly refuses to accept, is that God does it all, that Christ uh, literally comes down the ladder entirely from heaven, uh, makes his dwelling among us, and rescues uh, sinful humanity in its death. We're dead. Five hundred years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called table talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and his promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. Well, you might be sorry about this, but you are listening to Table Talk Radio. I'm Evan Gigline, and I'm here with Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, everyone's favorite co-host of a Lutheran theological game show. That's right, and today I am armed with sound effects. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Did you hear that? That's it's called the twang. <laughs> I, I can always tell when the sound effect's coming is... Uh, <laughs> I like the angry monkey. Hey, when are you going to play the sound effect? Would you like to introduce our guest for today's Table Talk yes, Radio? Yes, we're, we're joined on the phone today by Pastor Bill Swirla, pastor of uh, Holy Trinity Lutheran Church, Hacienda Heights, California, and he is doing a Table Talk ride-along. He's going to be with us. Uh, the first interview, we're going to, we got a couple questions for him about being a pastor, uh, especially for our Padawan uh, seminarian uh, to learn from, and then we're going to play the game, Which Ladder, uh, talking about which ladder uh, other folks are telling us to climb to get to heaven and how we get to heaven according to the scriptures. And then we'll finish up the show. I think we're going to play a little What's in Your Pastor's Library if we have a little time at the end. So that's our show. And Pastor Swirla, uh, welcome to Table Talk Radio. Well, it's good good to be with you guys. I, 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 this, is, this is a new experience, especially with the sound effects. So uh, yeah, th- this, this is really a highbrow high Christian radio. I can see this already. You'll, you'll regret yeah, that's it soon right. enough. Don't worry. We're yeah. going for the demographic that, uh, that finds issues, etc., a little too thoughtless. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and the God Whisperer is a little long. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You, uh, Pastor Swirlid uh, co-hosts his radio program, The God Whisperers, which is a, a very uh, great program. I, I really enjoy that, by the way, Pastor Swirlid. Well, yeah, thank you. We're, we're, we try to be the Tappet brothers of theology, you know, the car talk of Lutheranism. So, uh, but but we, do, we do tend to go on and on and on, and, and that's kind of our trademark. So you guys are kind of there for the, the attention-challenged uh, demographic. <laughs> that's, that's true. We are going for the Sesame Street uh, kids uh, and uh, to trying to capture the short attention span. So, uh, Pastor there you go. Swirl, all, I things, to... all things to all people. <laughs> there you go. I, I wanted. To, I was thinking about this this morning, uh, having you on as a guest, and, and I wanted to ask you this question first of all. You, young uh, seminarian gag line there, studying to be a pastor at the seminary, and if you had just a, uh, one thing to tell a, a guy getting ready to be a pastor, to teach him about the pastoral vocation, what, uh, what advice or, or instruction would you give him? <laughs> Yeah. Aside from don't, uh, but but that's too late. He's 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 gone. He's committed. He's he's in there. Um, I actually would would probably have three. One one is is get used to the notion that that eighty uh, percent of what you do uh, will be will have nothing to do with. 
pastoral ministry, and you're doing that for the 20% of the time that you get to do pastoral ministry. So as long as you understand that 80-20 rule, uh, you'll be okay. Um, in, the, in the seminary, uh, take everything you can take. What seminary are you going to? I'm in Fort Wayne. Oh, well, I don't know much about that one, but, 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 uh, but I, I assume they're <laughs> oh, all kind of interchangeable. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's the sound effect? Um, but, but I would take as many of the, the, the really die-hard um, doctrine and exegetical courses as I could get my hands on. I still go to those files today. Um, a lot of the other stuff that's, you know, that, that's termed practical is probably best learned on the job. Uh, that's not to diminish those courses. It's only to say that uh, um, many things like you know, woodworking and other crafts are learned on the job and not in the classroom. Yeah, because I've been taking shop here at the seminary. Oh, that's good. You always have to have a, a, a parachute, you know, a second parachute. Yeah, right. So <laughs> having, having something to fall back on, like making tents, is not a bad idea, you know. And, right. And, uh, <laughs> and I forgot what the third one was, so I guess we'll probably have to just settle with those two. But uh, God's blessings on your studies. and, and, uh, and uh, Oh, I remember what the third one. I'll pass it on. It was from Professor Bill Schmelder, one of my professors at St. Louis uh, back in the... In the uh, the 80s, uh, who said um, that when you're ordained, uh, stay away from uh, district and synodical convention microphones for five years. You know, we don't want to hear from you. So, so <laughs> just, just, just stay away. All the uh, seminarians tend to want, they all think they're Luther and they want to reform the church. You know, just, just kind of shut up and do your job and, and, and you, you'll stay out of trouble and, and uh, you, people will like you a lot more at pastor's conferences. So, you know, it's just, just a little bit of advice. All right, thank you. And I'll take those to heart. Um, but another reason we wanted to have you on uh, is, is for your expertise and your homiletical skill. Uh, my co-host uh, used to hold this title called the Iron Preacher but was uh, <laughs> dethroned by uh, the Reverend Todd Wilkin, and uh, he's been moping around ever since. So I, I think my co-host has some questions for you concerning uh, homiletics. Hey, let, yeah, let's, okay. let's talk about preaching just for a couple minutes. When you, uh, when you come to the text, uh, do, do you have a standard uh, approach um, to line up your sites? In other words, do you bring some questions to every text when you come to prepare a sermon, or uh, does it vary the text? And if you have a standard approach, uh, what is it? Uh, great, great question. The, you know, every text has its own way. Um, and I, some people think that I, I suffer from mood disorders or something like that, because uh, you, you, the, the, um, the text uh, will vary, the mood of the sermon will vary with the text. You know, you're didactic when you preach from Paul's epistles, or when you're preaching from John, it's like you have your head up in the clouds. You know, it's very, it's, it's devotional, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's huge, it's theological and that. Um, each of the narratives have kind of a different tone to them. So, but but the, the, the two questions I bring to the text, I got from Dr. Norman Nagel, uh, who's one of my uh, most influential professors. And, and, and he would say something like this. He says, you, you approach a text by asking the question, what of Jesus is that text delivering? So no matter what the text is, Old, New, Old Testament, New Testament, Gospel, Epistle, it doesn't matter. What, what of Jesus is this text delivering? It may be explicit, it may be implicit, but you, you know, you're always asking the Jesus question. And then the second question is, what is it in us that gets in the way of the delivery of that Jesus? You know, that's really kind of the law question. So it's like putting the Gospel first, which makes sense, not necessarily in preaching, but in thinking about the text is that we are gospel preachers, and so you ask the gospel question first, is 
what of Jesus is the text delivering? And then the law question, what's getting in the way? What of our sinfulness is getting in the way that needs to be cleared out of the way? And uh, with those two questions in mind, I pretty much just kind of sit down in one shot, just sort of go through the text and, and uh, let, the, let the, the words and the images of the text kind of guide where I'm going to go. Nice. <laughs> Evan, you're supposed to say something. Oh, I, I thought you had a, a follow-up question on that. No, that, that that's I, a, I was waiting for the sound effect at that point. <laughs> it's a lot simpler yeah, than sh- they taught us in homiletics class, but uh, the, you know that's kind of the way it goes. As I said, these things are best learned on the job. And and uh, uh, we were talking with yesterday with uh, Uwe Simonetto, and he was talking about journalism the same way. He says you don't learn journalism in a classroom in some some uh, you know some journalism classroom. You, you learn it from some guy who's chain-smoking and has got a stubby beard and cusses at you about your subjects and your predicates, you know, your, your, your editor, <laughs> one of these hardened editors. But, but it's a, he, so that's how you learn true journalism is, is in the field uh, writing. So Sounds like my, uh, my potential super, uh, vicarious supervisor. It could be, yeah. Stubby <laughs> mine beard, was a, smoking mine cigarettes. Mine was an ardent smoker, but yeah, he used to he used to show up. <laughs> he'd show up five minutes before the sermon started, getting his last cigarette in before <laughs> before hitting the liturgy. So. <laughs> Good preacher too, by the way. Uh, he was my my supervisor was a great preacher. He'd uh, he'd preach these sermons nobody understood till Wednesday. And and by then, you know, he was safely out of the way when they got the point. So <laughs> they're they're great. They're like time bombs that went off. Oh, that's get, right, uh, an emotional or a, a, a spiritual time bomb. That's, yeah, it's kind yeah. of kind of like uh, I, there's something to Evans' jokes that are a bit like that as well. They don't, <laughs> the delayed effect. They go off weeks later. Yeah, I, get it, I think. Well, parables. Nice. The parables were like that. I don't think people got the point of the parables for about a month. And, uh, you know, they're just debating them over breakfast. And, and finally, they, they realized Jesus was talking about them. <laughs> yeah, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> and he's safely let's get, out, let's of, get that out guy. of range. <laughs> Bring that guy back. He's talking about us. Yeah, that's right. Except, except they seem to get more and more uh, explosive towards the end. And, and at the end, uh, uh, they end like this. And they realized he was talking about them and then went to plot how they might kill him. Right. Uh, so. <laughs> Right. Sooner or later they catch on. Then you got to crucify them. Yeah. yeah preachers right. need to remember that, too. They do catch on sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. Well, go uh, now, oh, go ahead, Evan. I just say we have, we have about a, a minute left. So I was going to say uh, we, we can uh, go to this break real quick, and we'll be right back with uh, more from uh, Pastor Bill Swirla. Uh, we're playing, got some law gospel. Or, no, I'm sorry. Which ladder is what's next with uh, Pastor Swirla? And. Uh, Pastor Wolfmiller has come up with a few of those. Is that right? I hope. That's right. I got them. I'm oh, ready good. to go. And not to mention more sound effects right after this break, too. But uh, during the break, you can check out our website at tabletalkradio.org. There's also a forum link where you can chat with us about this very show during this commercial break. So check that out. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio right after this break. It's time once again for the Pensacola Lutheran Blind Mission to hold its monthly meeting and dinner for the blind and sight impaired. This one's Saturday, March 28th at 5 p.m. at Emanuel Lutheran Church. 
located 24 West Wright Street in Pensacola, Florida. The Lutheran Blind Mission is the organization that provides social interaction, life skills support, and Christian fellowship for the blind and sight impaired. Of course, drivers for the blind and sight impaired are welcome to join the dinner as well. The meeting's in the Fellowship Hall and will end at 7 p.m. For reservations, please call Ann Silverly at 850-457-3039 or email her annsiverly at yahoo.com. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're here with Pastor Bill Swirla, and uh, we are playing Which Ladder? Everyone's favorite game, Which Ladder? Should we say a quote? for sure. What? It's my favorite. Oh. Just letting you know, just reminding you. But we already know that every game we play on Table Talk Radio is already your favorite, so you don't have to tell us. True. That is my ecumenical spirit. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, give us the rules of this game, Which Ladder? Okay, these are these are the ladders. Uh, um, Adolf Caberly said that every religion is an attempt by man to reach heaven by one of three uh, mechanisms or some sort of combination of the three. Uh, and these three ladders are the ladders of the mind, the ladder of the will, and the ladder of the emotions. So we call that uh, rationalism, the ladder of the mind, uh, moralism, the ladder of the will, or mysticism, the ladder of the emotions, this idea that we are divinely somehow united in creation uh, with God. So those are the three options, the three ladders. And then we just take a, a listen to a few different things um, and, uh, and see which ladder they're telling us to climb. So uh, the first, I've got some audio here. We're going to see if we can make this work. The first audio is uh, from Deepak Chopra uh, talking about the universe being made up of... Uh, I don't even know what he's really talking about, but we're going to listen to it and then uh, and see, ask Pastor Schwerler which uh, ladder uh, Deepak is telling us to climb. So here it is. And since the universe is imbued with photons, some scientists have been bold enough to suggest that the whole universe is imbued with subjectivity. That we are not talking about a dead universe, but a living, evolving, creative conscious universe and if it is conscious then we should be able to communicate with it and one of the greatest wisdom traditions in the east is known as Vedanta and Vedanta looks at the infinite being as Brahman the word Sanskrit word is Brahman and the physical universe is called Brahmand which is the physical body of the infinite being The infinite being is the infinite consciousness, and all of us are differentiated expressions, differentiated expressions, in that we all have a spark of that consciousness within us. And our perception of the world, our cognition, which is our thinking, our moods and our feelings and our emotions, our biological functioning, which is, includes self-referral, homeostatic feedback mechanisms, our relationships with each other, and our environment are all a tangle hierarchy in which the single consciousness differentiates into all these experiences. The observer, the observed, the process of observation. And the spark of intelligence that... Um, 
that animates our body is part of the infinite consciousness. We are like ripples in that vast ocean of consciousness. So there you go, Pastor Swirla, you're from California. You should know what that's talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this sounds like a, 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 you know, an ordinary conversation at Starbucks. <laughs> the, uh, I don't think Deepak Chopra is what he's talking about either, which is, that's the way to be very profound. You know, I think Chesterton said that. He said, when I wanted to impress the philosophers, I said something that they didn't understand. And I want, when I wanted to impress the theologians, I said something I didn't understand. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I think he's, he's, he's even transcended that. That's pure Gnosticism. Uh, if you want a real label for it, the spark of consciousness or intelligence that pervades everything, and we're ripples of that. And uh, uh, but I'm supposed to pick a ladder, huh? Yeah, we'll pick a ladder. But you can tell us more about it. So, I mean, what? How do you know it's Gnostic? I mean, what what tells you? Well, no, it, 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 it's, it's just by definition, Gnostic is is the notion that God is is a series of emanations that come from the kind of the 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 one ultimate divine being energy sort of thing, and and these emanations pervade all of all of they kind of trickle down, and uh, the the whole point of uh, of uh, salvation, if you will, is to trickle up. So, so that spark within you uh, draws you back into the, uh, the, you know, the one, the oneness of the universe and the, 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 the universal mind and this and that. Um, but it, it, it's amazing. This is what happens. When science becomes a religion. You, you notice how he throws around lots of scientific concepts in an utterly meaningless way. You know, photons and biofeedback and. And, uh, you know, it's like whatever, whatever I just read in Scientific American, I'll make into a creed. It's, it's just a, an amazing thing. Yeah, that, but, that's going to be terrible when they can communicate with the universe. They'll tell us how green we aren't being. And, and <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. the universe going to say back? <laughs> yeah, well, probably just give it a big universal finger, I think. You know, just, <laughs> but, in terms of ladders, uh, it, I think in that little riff at the end, uh, he's... He's got us going up all, all of them. He calls it a tangle, which is what it is. But, but, but he's, he's on all of them. Uh, you know, it's, it's, certainly, it's certainly mind as we, we strive to get in touch with the universal consciousness that's already, you know, a spark within us. But, but it also pervades, the, the, in, in his terms, the sort of the lower bodily stuff. So that's, that's will and moralism. And, and certainly this is all, uh, this is scientific mysticism, I think, would be a good name for it. I've noticed that when you have scientists who don't believe anything, or, or when, when people take science and turn it into a religion, it always sounds Hindu. Yeah, why he's is not that? alone. He's, he's not, there's a long, 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 long series of, of books. I, I remember uh, being enamored of a book called The Dancing Wooly Masters. Um, uh, I forgot the author's name now, back when I was in graduate school in chemistry and, and thinking this was kind of fascinating. Um, but he, he was looking at particle physics, and, uh, and, and he, sounded, he sounded Hindu, too. So <laughs> I, I'm beginning to think that maybe Buddhism or Hinduism is probably the, uh, the, the epitome of, of natural theology, that when you... Uh, Science is your religion. This is a, this is approximately what you cook up. Ah, that's all right. So I think that some of the best, I mean, the best false religions are the ones that can combine all the ladders. So if you just are like purely irrationalistic or purely moralistic or purely uh, emotionalistic, mystic, uh, then then you uh, you kind of easily topple over. But if you can combine all of these ladders together, then you've you've uh, you've invented something nice and stable, and and it'll lead to a great popularity. So if any of you out there are trying to cook up your own uh, religion. Uh, 
this is one of the ways to do it, uh, have all of these things included. Well, it's good, it's good marketing, too, because, I mean, the object of this game is to sell books, obviously, so, uh, and, and DVDs. And, and so you, you have to appeal to the broadest base. If you, if you think in terms of personality types, you know, there are people who are thinkers and there are people who are feelers, there are intuitive people or people who are uh, into details and things like that. And so these ladders, uh, it's kind of like the, the, the multiple paths in Buddhism. You can kind of pick your own, but everybody's kind of, everybody has their favorite. And uh, so, so the more you're right. I mean, the, if you if you want to if you want to have a popular broad-based religion, um, you've got to appeal to to both mind and emotion. You know, to thinking, to feeling, and to to uh, to to will to doing. Now, that might be really kind of another way of looking at your ladders: is thinking, feeling, and doing. And um, and uh, he's certainly in in uh, running all of those at the same time. All right. Well, uh, do you have another one then, Pastor Wolfman? We have about three, I do. Mi- How much? three minutes. Three minutes? Okay, here's one. This is I'm going to read this one. This is a sermon preached down the street from me, uh, a Christmas sermon on the birth of Christ. Uh, are you ready for this? Uh, this is, I don't know, a couple, first couple paragraphs. The love of God is the choice of man. If we desire the love of God, we are told, obey God and his messengers. But if they turn away, God does not love those who reject faith. If you love God, then follow me, and God will love you and forgive you your sins. Love comes with the choice of obedience, submission. By choosing love, we receive mercy and forgiveness. God loves his servant according to the servant's affirmation of his oneness, his confession. uh, That is God's divinity. Is that it? There it is. That's it. All right, Pastor Swirla. Wow, and that was at Christmas. That was uh, yeah. I was on. Uh, it was preached on December twenty third. The title of the sermon is "The Birth of Christ." Well, you know, you want to guess. That, you want to guess who uh, preached it? Uh, I, you know, that could have been preached at a mosque. It was. <laughs> it was Imam Mohammed, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Do I get a, like a bell for that or some points? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah that, that, we, we were just talking with Adam Francisco yesterday, and I'm thinking, man, this is sounding like Islam, you know, that the way to love and peace and mercy is through submission. And I'm thinking, that's it. <laughs> now, now, Islam, I mean, it, it, Islam is, that's pure number two. I mean, that is doing. It's will. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, the, the moralistic ladder, the ladder of our own... Uh... Uh, the latter oh, efforts, yeah. And well, you, how? You though? I mean, and, they and, say, look, at, uh, uh, there's a. It's a God is merciful. God is forgiving. How? How is that not the same as the gospel? How, now, so this is the question that I think we most importantly the church has to address as we talk and consider Islam. Is is they can talk about the Lord's mercy and the Lord's forgiveness, but it is not the gospel. Well, you know, and, and uh, we were talking about that with Dr. Francisco too. You know, people talk about Islam being a religion of peace. But it's peace only through submission to the will of Allah. And see, there's, there's the moralistic, legalistic, uh, there's, there's, the, there's the hook there. And so, yeah, Allah is merciful to those who submit to him. Allah is loving to those who submit to him. Not in himself, it's not his character. That, that's, that's, that's his response to our submission in obedience uh, to, to his laws. All right, we got to so go to it. It's a conditional mercy. 
we we uh, need to go to a, a break real quick. Uh, Pastor, what's after this? Are we playing more Witch Ladder or is it something else? More Witch Ladder. Oh, yeah, baby. More more the same. <laughs> All right. More Witch Ladder on Table Talk Radio. If you have any questions we can address for you on the air, call us at 866-851-5523. And uh, we like to hit those as soon as possible. So 866-851-5523. Be right back for more Table Talk Radio. Did you know you can advertise on Table Talk Radio? Get the word out about your event or conference, or inform them about your product or service. Sponsors of Table Talk Radio are played on all of our affiliates and are permanently placed on our podcast at tabletalkradio.org. For more information, leave a message at 866-851-5523 or email me, evan, at tabletalkradio.org. That's 866 851 5523 or evan at org. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Still playing Witch Ladder with Pastor Bill Swirla, and uh, we just got done. Pastor Wilfred just got done reading a sermon from a uh, from a mosque down down the street from where he's at. That's that's right, and it, and it's a, it was a Christmas sermon, and uh, and it was talking about Jesus. Of course, the Muslims have a theology, a Christology, if you will, uh, or a Jesusology. They think Jesus was one of the great prophets. He was born of a virgin, but he wasn't God. Uh, that and and that's the most offensive doctrine to the Muslims. That that. The, the idea that Jesus is God. Muslims also deny that Jesus died on the cross because because Allah would never let that happen to any of his prophets, to, to take away their dignity by the shame of the cross. But that is precisely the point of what Jesus does. I mean, he, he is God who enters into our humanity and into our shame and into our sin uh, that he might forgive us all of our sins. So that when uh, we when we hear about forgiveness in um, uh, from the Muslims, it's not a forgiveness based on on the sacrifice of the Son of God. It's a forgiveness which just flows kind of freely uh, from Allah. And, and because of that, you can never be sure if you have the forgiveness. In other words, uh, one of the basic principles of Islam is that God is free, and to bind himself even by making a promise would undo that essential freedom so that you can never be sure that your sins are forgiven uh, because God, because Allah then can't, can't make those promises. So, so even though we can have the talk of forgiveness uh, and all of this, this is still a, a strictly moralistic um, uh, religion, and it never ends up in the comfort of the gospel because God can't even make promises. So there you go. That's the ladder of Islam. Uh, we have some more, though. Are you ready? I'm Master ready. Shorla, I, this, this is what we've done. I, a couple uh, years ago, I went out on the street with a microphone, and I, I, I did some interviews, some street interviews, and one of the questions I asked, uh, I asked people, how do you get to heaven? Uh, and so what we're going to do is uh, is listen to a few of the responses there and see which ladder. And this is not the ladder that people are telling us uh, to climb, but rather the ladder uh, that they themselves think that they're climbing. Uh, so so we'll listen to this audio, and you can uh, tell us what you think. You ready? Ready to go. I do not believe in heaven. Uh, and, um, you know, a lot of people say that you have to believe in God and uh, pray and, you know, accept Jesus into your life to go to heaven. And it's like if you don't, you're a bad person. Well, I'm a good person. Like, I'm a 
outstanding citizen, you know, good student. Uh, so if there is a heaven, hopefully I'll go in there if, you know, even if I don't believe in God. All right. So he says, first of all, I don't believe in heaven, but I'm a good person. So if there is a heaven, I'll go there. Give us the take on this. Well, <laughs> I, I don't believe in heaven, but I hope I'm going there. Um, that, that, that's kind of the, that's the uncomfortable position of an agnostic. Now, uh, fence sitting is very painful. I, you, you can't you can't sit on a fence for very long. It just kind of binds you in all the wrong places. Um, he's clearly on on the number two track, on the doing uh, will moralizing track. So so uh, um, he's he, he's basically saying that that it doesn't matter what you believe; it's what you do that counts. And he's a good person. He's 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 doing he's doing the thing, whatever the thing is. And so if there's a heaven, he expects to be there. I think this is the perfect example of the uh, religion of the old Adam. Uh, in other words, uh, I don't believe in God at all, but I do. But I'm so convinced of my own goodness that God will reward me for it. I mean, it's just—it's kind of utterly uh, dumbfounding. Th this idea that um, uh, there's no heaven, but I'm going there. Well, yeah, uh, self-contradiction is 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 not a problem these days. Uh, so, so th that that's kind of consistent with the agnosticism of the age, uh, that leaves the question of God and heaven and things like that open. Uh, when he says, "I don't believe," you know, in heaven, or I, I don't believe in God necessarily, I, I think what he's actually saying is that I, I don't have a formal set of beliefs about this. I, I don't know what to believe, but he does have. As, as, as Romans, too, talks about, he does have that, that inherent sense of right and wrong, that natural law that's hardwired into us. And, and so he's, he's responding right along those lines. And, yeah, that would become the religion of the old Adam if that's all you had was the law written in our hearts or natural law. Uh, you would attempt to con construct a religion out of that and work your way up that ladder. But then the crazy thing about it is that Paul says the natural law then serves as God's, uh, oh, I don't know, just cause for condemning us. Uh, but but man turns it around in his selfish motives and uses it as his own self-justification. So the law that's written on our hearts, well, that, which is to show us our need for Jesus, ends up uh, kind of uh, saying that we don't need Jesus anyhow. Yeah, that, that's, that's, the, that's the delusion of self. Because we're 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 not actually hearing what uh, Paul, but Paul says that he says our consciences you know accuse or sometimes excuse, <laughs> um, and 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 that's it that that's kind of it you know if all we have is natural law uh, our consciences will adapt to those pressures and and we'll begin to use it in a way to justify ourselves rather than in a way to see our need for um, need for God to act on our behalf. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think, uh, so you got it right here, the ladder of moralism. Do we have time for a couple more, Evan? Are you giving uh, out maybe. points, by the way, to Pastor Swirla uh, for getting these I'm right? I'm withholding him to the very end. All right, I see. <laughs> that's just that's got a logical uh, point it. giving. All right, you want one more? <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> All right, let's listen uh, to Yeah, a we have time more. for maybe one more. Heaven is by believing in Christ and to uh, be obedient to his ways and to read the word. Oh, now there's an the amazing one. Heaven, the way I get to heaven is by believing in Christ. And you want to say, all right, that's good. But then he goes on to add this, and by being obedient uh, and following his word. So what do you think about that one, Pastor Schwerler? 
Well, you know, that, 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 has, that has a good ring of truth, and it has enough truth to make it fly, uh, that, that certainly there is an obedience that flows from faith. And so, and so he's got, actually got the order right, too. Um, I, if I were engaging in conversation, I'd kind of wanted to know, want to know a little bit more about what he means by believing in Christ. Um, a lot of people, I think, confuse that with just being some objective knowledge about Jesus. You know, I believe he existed and that he died and rose and things like that, rather than belief as trust, that I trust that Christ has covered my sins, uh, which will then shape that second part, uh, being obedient to his will and being in the Word and all of those things. So he's got, a, he's, he's got the order right, and, 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 and I think he can work with that. But I think it's, this is a case of, of what we call... Sort of, uh, hearing it at face value, it's, it's kind of what we would call semi-Pelagianism, technically, or God does his part, and now I do my part. And uh, that's usually, that, that's where the number two ladder kind of intrudes. Uh, in other words, uh, God will take us up 90 rungs of that ladder, but the last 10 are ours, or maybe the first 10 are ours. It all depends how you look at it. But it's a little bit of uh, God and us working together in... in uh, uh, the, the technical term is the synergism to work together, but it's God and us kind of working together to uh, get us saved. The, yeah, the great danger with this is always that we that we add something to to what Jesus has done. So here, Jesus has done it all for our salvation and and given us everything that we need. And, and so the answer is Jesus. But but our our natural tendency is to say Jesus and you know Jesus and uh, my obedience or Jesus. And my decision, or Jesus, uh, and my prayers, or Jesus, and we even Jesus and my faith. But whenever we, whenever we put an and after Jesus, we're, uh, that's really all that matters. It just becomes whatever we add to it. But it's it's Jesus alone who comes to save us. I think that's a maybe Pastor Swirl, if you wouldn't mind a, a few words on this as we uh, wrap it up. The, the problem with these ladders is that it's putting the it's putting all of the work and the effort, or even some of the work and the effort, in in our own laps. We're the ones that are doing, initiating, praying, feeling, uh, thinking, uh, doing. But salvation is is not us climbing a ladder. It's it's Christ who has come down to us. Say a few words about that. Well, I, I, the Book of Galatians is is really all about this and and i think you said it well the the recipe for any heresy in in regard to salvation is christ plus blank and uh... it's it's the temptation it's plagued all of church history uh... we we can't seem to resist filling in the blanks uh... and and adding something with our own piety uh... any of these ladders will do too uh... whether it be um Adding our our own uh, intellectual, uh, you know, our, our 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 ability to juggle doctrine, or our feeling close to God, that ladder of mysticism and emotionalism and things like that. That somehow that's the that's the clincher, and what the old Adam refuses, just steadfastly refuses to to uh, accept, is that God does it all. That Christ. Uh, literally comes down the ladder entirely from heaven, uh, makes his dwelling among us, and rescues uh, sinful humanity in its death. We're dead. You know, the dead can't climb anything. And, and, and I think it's part of the old Adam's bargaining to say, okay, well, if I, can't, if I can't do everything, then I'm going to claim my little bit. So I can give God all the glory. He got me 99% to the top. But uh, I accepted it, or I prayed this prayer, or I did this thing, or I read my Bible every day, and it's it's to turn the gifts of God into our 
self-credentialing works, too. It's all what I call religion with a capital R, and, uh, and Jesus' death and resurrection certainly destroys that kind of religion. Yeah, and that's uh, going to take us to the end of this break. Uh, Pastor Wilkman, I, I don't even know what's going on. What are we doing next? Uh, what's in your pastor's library? <laughs> oh, My favorite good. game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll be right back for more Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. Stay tuned for this break. Hey guys, it's Evan Gigline. During my recent spring break, I had the opportunity to travel with a few of the students from the seminary to visit Madagascar. It was an amazing experience to see how the Malagasy Lutheran Church cares for the souls in proclaiming Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sin, but also for the physical needs, caring for the sick and affirm. I have been invited by Grace Lutheran Church in McPherson, Kansas to give a presentation on my trip for their mission festival. This will take place Palm Sunday. If you're listening in the Kansas area, I would like to extend the invitation to you. Visit Grace Lutheran Church in McPherson, Kansas on Palm Sunday, April 5th. The Divine Service begins at 10 a.m., and after a potluck meal, we begin our presentation. Hope to see you there. One more game left to play in Table Talk Radio. You're almost there. Hang through for a little bit longer. You're almost done with Table Talk Radio for the day. Uh, But the next game we have on tap is (laughs) What's in Your Pastor's Library. It's a little game where we haven't been able to play this for a while because Pastor just recently moved his uh, studio back to the the church office. But um, he closes his eyes. I direct him, kind of like pin the tail on the donkey. Uh, he spins around four times, and then uh, I tell him to to go find a book, and we see what he pulls off his shelf. And Pastor Swirlis stayed on for the game as a color commenter uh, on the on the books that I have here in my library. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't resist this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you ready then? I'm uh, ready. Pastor? My eyes are closed. I'm standing up. I'm ready to go. Okay, so in in what directions uh, that you're standing in currently do you have a uh, do you have books? Every direction. Okay, well, I want you to turn uh, 90 degrees to the to the left. All right. And then step, step however many steps you need to do to the, get to the bookshelf. All right, I'm here. Okay, is this bookshelf all go all the way to the top? Yes. I want you to reach as high as you can, and then go go about a foot to the right. I want that book. Whoa. I'm knocking something down here. What is this? This is the big one. What are we going to do with this? <laughs> All right, I'm back. This is the downfall of this game. Yeah, <laughs> let's try another one. <laughs> this is Woost's Word Studies, uh, Romans, and the Greek New Testament for the English reader. <laughs> oh, fascinating. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this, is, this is for when he's forgotten his Greek. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. There you are. Uh, Greek and the New when, Testament, when was the Word time Studies. That, uh, uh, how thick's the dust on top of that one? Yeah, this is pretty bad. This was by uh, in, written in 1955, by the way. That was the last time I looked at it. 
but apparently I bought, I bought this used, and so someone has underlined a few lines in here. So uh, here, I'll get here's a little underlining. Uh, natural man is sold as a slave under sin. Um, sold is piprosco in the perfect tense. Robertson says sin has foreclosed the mortgage and owns the slave. How about that? That's nice, huh? Yeah, I, I love I love sermons that that dwell on lexical data. Yeah, yeah, it's like listening to John MacArthur preach or something like that. It's just 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 paragraphs and paragraphs of of the original Greek and its meaning and 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 stuff like that. And I've got to see people just snoring away in the back. It's, it's, it's just, how much of this can you take? Well, they do that anyway at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. <laughs> Ah, that's right. That's right. All right, let's get another one. Uh, yeah, last time we were playing this game, he pulled off uh, uh, Dr. Seuss, so we're glad that at least got uh, something of a little bit more uh, theological value this yeah, time. Yeah, I'm glad you're not playing this with me, because uh, my books are all mixed together, so it could be anything from scuba diving to woodworking. <laughs> all right, Pastor, stand up. I want you to go to the same bookshelf that you were at before, but this time I want you to go to about knee-high... And uh, about a foot to the left. I want that book. <laughs> oh, this will be... Pastor <laughs> Swirla, good thing we have you here. Gustavo Gutierrez, The Truth Shall Make You Free, in the Confrontation Series. You Now, you know about this, don't you? Oh, is this, is this a liberation theology? Yeah, it sure is. Liberation theology. This is from back in my days of studying religion at the University of New Mexico. Ah, oh, this was back when you were uh, liberating the oppressed poor <laughs> so that they could oppress the rich, yeah. which, which is very timely today, I, I think. I, I, that, that may be coming back. I mean, that, that, liberation theology is probably going to become the national religion for us, at least for the next four years. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. We, we passed the stimulus uh, package last night. That's not what you're talking about, is it? Well, it, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's only that's only the 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 the, the pimple of it, if you will. But uh, you know, certainly socialism uh, and Marxist socialism is is uh, is part and parcel of that. But but uh, our our uh, our esteemed president is rather steeped in 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 the uh, in the 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 black version of that. Uh, his, his his pastor was his name. Uh, ne- uh, is it Nehemiah Wright? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah Wright. Jeremiah and Nehemiah. You know, there's all these prophets. But but uh, <laughs> but but, uh, but the, the the excerpts that we heard from him were were the same same kind of liberation theology. Though that South American liberation theology that 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 was and still is big uh, the, you know, among uh, some some Catholics. Yeah, here's a line from it. Where right. do you have it? These two kinds of reductionism ignore both the fullness of Christian message and the concrete life of the Latin American people. They refuse to see that the great challenge we must face is to learn to encounter the Lord in today's poor. The challenge, in other uh-huh. words, is to live a hope-filled and joyous faith within a love that creates solidarity with the oppressed and their hopes and struggles with a view to their complete liberation. There you go. Page 9. That sounds right. like what you're learning at the seminary there, isn't it? Is that... Yeah, I think that's one of my textbooks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, we've got four minutes. Do you want to do one more? Yeah, one more. Yeah, one more. Okay. 
All right, this time, instead of going to the uh, bookshelf uh, that was to the left, I want you to go to the right of that. Yep. I don't even I remember what, what your study looks like. Um, and then pick one about waist high, um, two feet to the right. You know, a lot of my books are just in big piles, so if you had me close my eyes, I'd be tripping over things. <laughs> I know. We, <laughs> we had to get an insurance policy before we played this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm back. I've got it. This is Religious Bodies of America. Uh, by Mayer. Oh, this is, Mayer. Yeah, yeah. This is a classic text. Uh, it's a fantastic text too. This, this is where you uh, he he takes all the different religious confessions, uh, uh, Christian confessions mostly, but he'll deal with some others as well. And he breaks them into the formal and material principles, uh, and then gives you the basis for both of those. So uh, uh, you know about Pastor, right. what is, formal and material principle. This is the uh, uh, always he, the T.I. question for seminarians. Pastor Phil, you want to tell us the, the difference between the material and the, and the uh, formal principles? <laughs> you know, I was just thinking that, and I'm not sure I'm going to get them straight. Uh, one, is, one is the core and content of what we believe, namely the gospel, um, and the other is the source of what we believe, namely Holy Spirit. And, and I'm, I, if I remember correctly, the formal principle is, is, is the gospel. Is, is that right? Uh, formal is the source. Hey, hey, about Effie Mayer, uh, you know, the, my subtitle to that book is Why All the Other Church Bodies Aren't Lutheran. <laughs> <laughs> which because, is great. Because he evaluates every church body on material principle, which only a Lutheran would think of doing. <laughs> so it's kind of, <laughs> kind of a cool exercise. That's, what we do, that's all we do on Table Talk Radio. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want, is there something from that book you want to read, Pastor? Oh, this is a new copy, so I don't have anything underlined here. So oh. you got now you did this. You did this um, with that. Wait day. a minute. Wait. Wait a minute. That's a, that's a new copy. That means you you haven't looked at that, right? He's <laughs> just collecting. He's <laughs> collecting books from uh, books going out of print from CPA. Is this going to show up on eBay at some point? <laughs> I, you know, I had this book. I got a, I had a used copy that I studied at the seminary, and then I went to find it the other day, and I couldn't find it anywhere because I wanted to look up what he said for the material principle of Roman Catholicism, which was is very insightful. And I, But I couldn't find my copy, so I had to order a new one. Uh, so I guess I gave my old one away. Evan probably grabbed it when he was here uh, recording or something. Yeah, watch watch those seminarians. They're grabby about books. Um, you know, speaking of eBay, you know, you know the book "The Fire and the Staff" by Clement Price. Yeah. I, Clement kept asking me, "Had I read this book?" And I said, "I don't read books from friends that I have to buy. You know, I, I expect to be given a gratis copy of of, uh, of books from people I know or people who are friends." So I said, "No," and I'm still waiting for my copy. So finally, he presents me with a signed, autographed, uh, inscribed copy of the Fire and the Staff at some some conference we were speaking at together. And my comment was, "Oh, I'm glad you signed it. It gets more on eBay." <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, no, look, uh, out for that. look out for that, Pastor Wolfman. You, and, and it and it did. It did. It, it, it was it sold for a handsome. Amount of money. <laughs> now, Pastor, we just have a, a minute left. Um, uh, Pastor Wolfman, you, you went out um, to a group in Denver to a group of atheists, and you were asking them these questions, right? Yeah, I was asking the atheists what their material and formal principle is. They, well, they're fine with the formal principle. It's reason or science, you know, they'll, they'll tell you that. But what is the material principle of atheism? I wanted to know this, and they wouldn't tell me. I, I don't think they knew, but they couldn't know. There was something about atheism that said 
uh, that we can't admit to any sort of material principle, any sort of core belief. Uh, to do such would be a, a denial of what we're about. Uh, so I said, look, it's not fair. Uh, you sit there and criticize what we believe because I told you what we believe. This is what we believe. But you won't uh, you insulate yourself from criticism by, by saying you don't believe in anything. That's right. And that, I'm afraid we're out of time. Pastor Sorella, thank you so much for being our guest on Table Talk Radio today. It was great. Thanks. All right. And tune again next time uh, to Table Talk Radio or visit us on the website, tabletalkradio.org. See you next time. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.